Hello, I'm Dan. And I'm Simon. And this is the Wikicast, a podcast where Wikipedia takes us to a random article and we talk about what we find. Simon, what are we talking about this week? Daniel, this week we're talking about Hamilton Island Golf Club. Huh. Yeah. I've been to Hamilton Island, I think. Uh, are you thinking of the Hamilton Island in Queensland? Possibly. Then you have visited this exact place. But now I come to think of it, I'm I'm not thinking of that island. I'm thinking of another <laughs> island off the coast of Australia. Very much the south coast, though, so never mind. Dan's brain, it should be pointed out, is not quite with us today. No. Um, the reason for that is it's because football is coming home. The football, <laughs> the football is very much coming home. To, to provide a bit of context to, to the readers, uh, we watched the semi-final of the football last night, and it was terribly exciting, and the... The timings of the semi-final also coincided with the end of the uh, end of the academic term for Exeter Cathedral and the Cathedral School. So there were celebrations, uh, many and varied, last night. Yes. And as a result, I got home in the early hours of the morning. And if anyone's wondering why I sound particularly bassy to get today, uh, that's why. I literally rolled out of bed about 15 minutes ago. <laughs> yeah, I called Dan at our, our pre-agreed time, 10 o'clock in the morning, yeah. and... Uh, you're like, hey, uh, I'm still in bed. Yeah. <laughs> like, could we do half past? And then you sent me a text like 15 minutes later being like, right, I'm up, I've showered, I've dressed, I'm making a tea. Yeah. And I was like, I, I, I mean, some of those are necessary, but like, you don't need to be dressed to do this podcast, Dan. I've definitely recorded Wikicast naked. Yeah. Like, I'll be completely well, honest with a, you. I think there's a time and a place for it, but given my current state of just comical lethargy, I think <laughs> anything I can do can, to convince my body that you know you're a you're a professional here you know you're doing the podcast let's start the day as we mean to go on that is a cracking band name comical lethargy yeah <laughs> all of your songs are really slow tempo yeah <laughs> I, I could totally get on board with that as like a spinal tap style name mm. um yeah so we are currently recording this after the semi-final um so i i have been on the record i have said that we would sweet sneak past Denmark, and we will get absolutely spanked by Italy in the final. Um, this episode will come out after the final has taken place, mm. so we will have to see if I'm right or not. But that was me. I'm put, I've, I said that. I think, I think it was at the quarterfinal uh, against Ukraine that I said that. Yeah. But you know, I, I am not personally. I think that's just because of me. I'm personally, I'm quite uh, pessimistic about England generally uh but not just in football just in general um but um yeah i don't think we're gonna win this but it's very exciting the semi-final was quite something to watch it was i mean aside from that absolutely dreadful penalty that ended up being our saving grace yeah it's a weird one really because like i agree that it was pretty borderline that it was a penalty um, but at the same time, I think the final scoreline did reflect the match. Mm. Like we had three penalty appeals, and I think one of them was actually stronger than the one that they gave a penalty for. Mm. Um, and frankly, like England were so dominant when you look at the statistics in terms of possession and shots, and you know, just just generally watching the match, you could tell they had the upper hand, and yeah. it was. I think two one is a pretty representative scoreline. It is a shame that it had to come through that penalty, which I. On balance, I'm not a football expert. I still think is a penalty, but I'm sure that everybody uh, outside of England probably disagrees with that. Yes, yeah. I think there's. I think no one's no one's kidding themselves at the fact the penalty was awarded. I think most of most of the England supporters are going, yeah, we'll have that. We'll have that. That's fine. <laughs> yep. Thank you very much, sir. Yeah. Thank you. Um, so uh, yeah. So but anyway, we, we should probably try and contain the football talk because yes. this isn't a football podcast, and we are not sporty lads. No. Uh, although. Hopefully, before too long, we will be sporty lads. We'll be able to actually go and film some stuff. We ha did have a date in the diary now for you to come up and visit me um, and do some filming. So fingers crossed, uh, we'll actually get some sponge and electric content ready now that we're allowed to see each other again because yeah. the, the court order's now worn off. Um, <laughs> yes. uh, nothing to do with the pandemic. No, uh, and, and yeah, I'm really looking forward to the, us going enacting these plans of playing things like horseball and going to festivals and yeah. Yeah, really, really keen, really keen. Um, but I, I have an article in front of me, Dan. And um, well, would you like to learn about Hamilton Island Golf Club? I'd absolutely love to. So, so for context, Hamilton Island is in Queensland, um, about 
a boatload of miles north of Brisbane mm-hmm. and a boatload of miles south of Cairns. Does that narrow it down? Yes, it does. I've been to Cairns. Okay. Uh, and uh, it's... Uh, so Hamilton Island looks really nice. It looks kind of, well, tropical, basically. I mean, it kind of looks like every the, the your typical picture of Australia. It's like lovely seas, lovely beaches, nice and, nice and warm. Um, and it's within Whitsunday? Whit Whitsunday Islands. Hmm. 74 continental islands of various sizes off the central coast of Queensland, Australia, approximately 900 kilometers north of Brisbane. Hmm. What a weird name, Whitsunday. Oh, the term is a misnomer, as it's based on Captain Cook's date for the naming of Whitsunday Passage. Uh, uh, Or as he spelled it in his journal, Whitsunday's Passage. Based on his journal date, Cook believed the passage was discovered on Whitsunday, the Sunday of the Feast of Whitsun, Pentecost. Yes. Never heard of Whitsun before. Yeah, I mean, it's occasionally called um, Whitsun instead of Pentecost at um, Exeter Cathedral. Oh, right, okay. Um, yeah, never heard that term before. So, so that's where Whitsunday Island gets their name from. Gets their names from. Um, and the golf club is located on. Oh, it's not even on Hamilton Island. The whole thing is a lie. It's on neighbouring Dent Island. Is this another article where we're just going to start to unpick it and find that it's completely, completely untrue? Well, I mean, golf is an unnecessary sport. Let's be real. I can't tell if that was a laugh or a sneeze. That was a. That was an enormous uh, blowing of the nose. <laughs> I did. I was hoping that you wouldn't draw attention to it, and I actually muted my recording microphone. So as you were talking oh. away, I could have done a little subtle thing there. But what, what will happen is in my audio, there'll be a period of silence, and you just going, what the hell was that? Yeah, Fergus, could you add in a sound effect in retrospect, please? Make it sound like it's something between a laugh and a sneeze. <laughs> Whoa! Cheers, mate. Um, so, yeah, basically, yeah, golf is an unnecessary sport, and this article is, well... It's, it's all a lie. It's not actually on Hamilton Island. It's literally the first two words of the name. It's on Dent Island. Have you played golf? I was expecting a qualifier there. <laughs> you just <laughs> have you played golf, and then just left it. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, I've played golf. <laughs> I've not. <laughs> have you played proper golf though? No, I've not played proper golf. I've played a fair bit of pitch and putt. Yeah. The older I get, the more I can see the appeal. If mm. I'm honest. Yeah. Like, have you played it? I have. Yeah, I used to. Um... I used to play on Wednesday afternoons, I think, for school. <laughs> Your school had a golf team? I think so. Or it might have been something to do with my IB, like having to, you've got to do a load of like extracurricular stuff to, to as a kind of constituent part of your award. So you've got like um, creative, you've got your CAS work, which is creativity action service. And you've got to log a certain number of, I think it's like 50 hours each of things that do that. So I used to volunteer at a charity shop for the service aspect and then my action, I think, was in the first year I was doing rock climbing and then the second was maybe golf or something like that. Anyway, it was a school thing. I can imagine you doing rock climbing. We've never done that together, but yeah. I can totally imagine you scurrying up like a spider because yeah. you've got so little mass on your bones. That's, well, that's the thing. You know, you, you you just fly up the rock face. Yeah, it helps. You're terrifying. I'm, I'm, I'm more or less, I, kind of, I sort of act like helium. Um, I, if I just stand near a rock face, I start to ascend without me doing anything. I actually have to wear weighted <laughs> shoes to make it a challenge. It's just that layer of Vanderval's force yeah. <laughs> attracting you to the wall. That's how small we're talking. Um, oh, okay. So, so you did rock climbing and then you did golf. I mean, yeah. what's what, what? did you enjoy golf? I did. I mean, I think it helped, obviously, because I was doing this in Australia. The weather was always very, very nice and you just get to kind of you have a leisurely stroll around quite a, quite a, an attractive looking golf course um but you get you have to wear your hat no hat no play i remember that oh absolutely we we also had um slip slop slap just just the old is that your version of slap and tickle <laughs> yeah slip slop slap that was Gave the, big, the old um, slip slop slap <laughs> the big thing that they used to they used to chant the teacher used to chant at you to make sure that you put your sun cream on right okay no hat no play and slip, slip slop, slop slap, slap. <laughs> such a horrible phrase yeah it's vile isn't it Maybe maybe we should go golfing. I think we should go golfing. I, I mean, I um, I hate to bring it down to the level of pitch and putt, but that is one of my favourite things to do in the world yeah. because everybody does it so infrequently that you are invariably terrible. Yes. But like, you're terrible in a way that is just somehow funny. Like, yeah. you'll be like, right, I'm I just got to get it over to the green, and you'll hit the ball and absolutely spoon it at like a sixty degree angle. Yes. <laughs> and you're like, right, all right, lads, I'll be uh, I'll be down with you in a minute, and then you just hear like thwacking. You're like, all right, that's t- one stroke, two. 
three yeah. goes over the green. Yeah. Like it's 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 yeah, one of my favorite things. We should totally do that. I think there is a course in Bath that's still open actually. Hmm. Um so I would be totally up for that and I bet you our uh, cabin boy Adam would be very uh, keen to come with and uh, like help out with production. Oh for sure. Yeah, oh we should totally we'll make do a, that. we'll make a day of it. Yes, definitely. We'd have to dress up. Oh for sure. Plus fours, the socks. Absolutely. Bright colored hats. You son of a bitch, I'm in. <laughs> so uh so yeah, basically I uh, golf I the reason I say it's an unnecessary sport is simply because often you'll find golf courses in in locations specific, a lot of the time it's in like america in the uk it's not quite so bad but in order to maintain a golf course requires such intense land management like mm. you are, you need so much water and you're constantly preening this environment that's not designed ultimately for nature it's designed for human fancy you know it's designed for a sport and yeah. so yeah you, you like i i actually have a friend who works for a golf course just outside bath like a full-on full fat one who's won some conservation awards um, because they, with the land they have, like to, you know, improve habitats and offer places for uh, species. I think like owls in particular, he works with, um, to, to roost. So like there is benefit, there are benefits to it. I'm not saying there aren't, but mm. um, especially, yeah, in places like, when you see golf courses in places like Nevada, you're like, really? Like, this is such a waste of water. Yeah. Um, but, I, but looking at Hamilton Island Golf Club, it looks quite similar to the UK in that it's actually probably like not that as intensive to maintain yeah you know um but it does look lovely gotta say there's a picture of the 16th hole um what just the hole uh well the hole is in there somewhere because surely surely it will look similar to all the others i've got to say actually that looks like there's two kind of gun emplacements that have had their guns removed almost like it's a quite a it's very dramatic uh like there's a golf hole that goes there's a bunker right before the green and it's on an escarpment uh, mm. And then you have like a cliff going down into the sea, and you have a view of all these other islands. It's very beautiful, actually. Nice. Um, but uh, yeah, it's it's a golf course. Uh, it's set amongst quote spectacular hills and escarpments overlooking the waterways of the Whitsunday Islands. Opened in two thousand and nine, its par is seventy two. Right. It also seems to give the number of trees on every hole <laughs> a, a statistic. That I never thought I wanted. And you know what? I was right. <laughs> I don't need to know yeah. that there are 5,678 pandanus on the course. Of course. Of course there is. And there are 359 of them specifically on the 13th hole. Like, what, what, why, why do I need this information? No. It comes from their scorecard. Like, it's actually... They're so proud of their trees, Dan, that they put the number of, of trees mm. on their scorecard. Wait, hang on. No, 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 no. This no, this isn't right. This is why are they giving meters? Is this the total number of meters of tree? Meters of tree. Well, it says hoop pine hole 1, 369 meters. Right. Now, is that like the is that the hole at its longest point, like the longest possible drive? I don't know because it says like hoop pine 369 meters, pandanas 344 meters and grass tree 309 meters. Well, I mean, I'm lost. Yeah, I have no idea. This is this is exactly why we need to go golfing, Simon. You'd think it would be the distance to the hole. Maybe it's from different tee teeing off points. Like, are there slightly easier courses, like you know, with fewer bunkers in the way or something? Hmm. Weird. I mean, yeah, it, I'm out of my depth here. The, most of my golf knowledge comes from Wii Golf and from Hat Films playing golfing games. Yeah. Did you see their most recent one? Actually, this might be of interest to the readership. No, I don't think I did. So they played. Uh, it was the most recent PGA game. Um, so your normal your normal golfing game where you get to the hole in as few strokes as possible and it all looks very nice and there's nice little golf clap like sound effects as you putt sure. uh, except there's also a battle royale mode <laughs> right <laughs> and the way this works is it doesn't matter how many shots you, you take to get to the, the hole you've just got to be in the uh, in, if there are 18 people to begin with you've got to be one of the first 15 people to get it in the hole so speed is the name of the game Speed is the name of the game. And then the number of slots that you can use to get in decreases with each hole. So ah, by the see. time with the final hole, there's only one spot available and there are two golfers. Yeah. Um, and it's intense. I've never seen golf this intense before. <laughs> like, it's quite something. I like the idea of this. 
Yeah, it really worked, actually. Well, they, they, they played two things recently. They had Battle Royale modes that were actually surprisingly fun. There was that. And they also played, funnily enough, what we were talking about before we started recording, mm. uh, Worms. Ah. Uh, the, the latest Worms game had like a Battle Royale mode where you could, you are a team of Worms and you control an individual one. You're on a 2D, you know, classic Worms map. Uh, and yeah. you have to find weapons to pick up. But they're like the sheep and the bazooka and the granny. And yeah, it really worked. It looked really fun. <laughs> I just thought that Battle Royales might have been a bit over and done with at this point because mm. everybody just got a bit sick of PUBG and a bit sick of Fortnite, even though Fortnite is still absolutely huge. Yeah. Um, but it's still, yeah, it's still life in the old girl. Huh. What game would you think would be improved by having a Battle Royale mode? What If you were to design one, Ooh. what would you add Battle Royale to? Jeez, um, maybe something like Polo. Battle Royale Polo. Yeah. So in what way is the battle royale is it the knockout is it the shrinking uh, map that you have to play on yeah i think maybe i mean this is obviously completely unethical but if, <laughs> if, I'm, I'm, I'm on board already if the map was shrinking and you know there's only there's it gets to a point when there's only just there's only a certain amount of room for a certain number of horses and the horses and their riders just just start you know having to kind of teeter off the edge of, of whatever it is you're playing on. I think that would be quite good. If I'm honest, I haven't thought through which element of the battle royale would be funny, but I think if there's horses involved, inevitably there's going to be something ridiculous going on. I was wondering about maybe maybe something like a a Mario platformer. Ooh, yeah. And you you are you are on like a rolling road type thing with you know like the the maps that they would play on Game Grumps sometimes where there's like just fire or spikes or something that comes up behind them. Yes. And you all start with like a hundred people, and it gets faster and faster, mm. which is, I guess, the equivalent on a on a platforming game of the map shrinking, you know. And then you just keep going until there's one person standing. Or what if you did something like an endurance swimming thing in a swimming pool, and you score points by the number of completed lengths that you can do, but they oh start God. they start draining the pool. <laughs> So, oh, that went a different direction from yeah. where I thought you were going to go. No, so so basically, you know, the quicker you are at completing laps at the beginning, the more likely you are to win because you'll reach a point where there's no longer enough water to actually swim. Or you specialise in a really, like, shallow stroke. Yes. You're like a frog, like like breaststroke, but you are perfect, like a water skater. Yes, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you're, so, you're held up by water surface tension of the water. I yeah that I I was expecting some kind of drowning mechanism Dan but that is that is that's a much better idea <laughs> some drowning mechanism Yeah you know you're just like you keep going until people stop drowning that's it that's the sense of swimming as a battle royale Or or what about if you did diving but you're diving off such a high like board that you're, you 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 have to aggressively push people off the trajectory Yeah so you're trying to do complicated dive manoeuvres and other people are like tackling you and jostling for position. I mean, frankly, why have the Olympic Committee not got in, not got in touch? Yeah, I mean, in, in the news this morning, I did hear that uh, Japan had declared a state of emergency with uh, with coronavirus and and the uh, and the the forthcoming Olympics. But I think what it really is is they've suddenly realised that they've missed out a load of new events that need to be added to the to the games immediately. Yes, absolutely. What would we call that swimming game? Um, because hmm. I feel like it needs to have a really silly. Yeah, it has to have a pun-based name. Either a pun-based name or something that's just so ridiculous it could be a piece of IKEA furniture. <laughs> what? <laughs> so something like um, oh, I don't know, skimp, plug hole panic. Yeah, plug hole panic. Two electric boogaloo. <laughs> yeah, because actually, if it's a plug hole. Extra, like, you know, warning. Ooh, oh, Dan, Dan. Okay, here's my pitch. Right. What if you had a giant plug hole in the middle of the pool, mm. so there is a vortex that's forming in the middle of the pool, but the middle of the pool is also uh, narrower, like it's the length is shorter than the edges of the pool. So you can you can be daring and go through the whirl the whirlpool, yeah. And you will be far. You have to cover less distance, but there's the chance that you get you know, there's a chance you can suck down yeah. into the plug hole. I like this. This is good. Can we also can we also specify that the swimming pool itself needs to resemble a bath in the sense of it's there's got to it's got to be a bubble bath pool. Oh yeah, of course. Be swimming through bubbles. 
um, and there's going to be numerous sized rubber ducks throughout the course. They're released at random points. Yes, and some of them are actually real ducks. <laughs> and you don't know, you know, we're going to breed a particular, we're going to breed a new species of duck um, that uh, that actually like perfectly resembles a rubber one. Yes, it stays perfectly still until touched. Until touched. This is yeah. getting Hunger Games level now. Yeah. Well, we, we, perhaps we could do a partnership with the um, John Rutter Memorial Home for Injured Swans and take some of the. Um, they probably take ducks as well, don't they? Oh God! Could you imagine swimming with swans? It'd be absolutely terrifying. Yeah. I was walking. I was walking down the, by the quay the other day over to Double Locks, which is a very nice pub, about twenty-five minute walk out of Exeter, along the river, and there was a couple canoeing and they eyed up a swan in the distance and were thinking like right how are we going to do this because i think this swan had goslings around or something um mm. and this swan like clocked them at a range of i don't know 30 meters and just made a beeline for them and started really having a go like trying to get in yeah and and they were having to use their kind of paddles and things as as rudimentary defense it was terrifying but quite fun to watch well, there was a famously there was a swan in Cambridge that was given an asbo because it kept attacking boats. Oh wow! As in, um, like eights that you rowing boats. Yeah. Um. Yeah. There was there was like the legend of asbo swan. Gosh. Like, terrifying. They're, they're, they're amazing creatures, but good god, I would not want to be in the water with them. They're on home. They're scary enough on land, but getting in the water, they're on home turf. Indeed. So if we put them in the swimming pool. <laughs> You have to choose. Do you choose the path of the vortex or the path of the feather? Your arm will be broken <laughs> by the swan. I actually can't think of anything more terrifying. Yeah, it's like having a velociraptor mm. just, just chilling in the pool, really. Do we, do we like, increase the number of swans as the game goes on? So could do, do you have the choice of retiring, you know, before, before the end? You're just like, that's how many lengths I'm going to get done. That's as many as I'm willing to risk. You could. I mean, we we could increase the number of swans, or the swans that are added are increasingly ill-tempered. <laughs> so as the as the game goes on, you get really, really quite kind of psychopathic. Swans. And we need a swan wrangler. We need someone whose job it is like Chris Pratt in Jurassic World. Yeah, <laughs> it gets the swans. Go <laughs> <Come> on, Bluey. <laughs> yeah. I mean, this. I, I don't see why. The, I mean, this has to happen. Yeah, oh, but, sorry. The way that you phrased that was, I don't see why this has to happen. But no, Dan. <laughs> I mean, I, I mean, think this absolutely too. does. Yeah. <laughs> we need to get in touch with someone to build a build a custom pool that is like <laughs> shape shaped so that it's narrow in the middle and wide on the wings, and has a giant plug hole in it. And Wikicast readers, uh, some of you will die in this. Spoiler alert, if you're listening to this podcast, you've been entered into the competition. But what a glorious death it would be. It's a sacrifice we're willing to make, frankly. Absolutely. Well, we're, we're effectively wanting to bring back some kind of Colosseum-style games. Yeah. And what we do is we um, we sit up high on, like, two lifeguards kind of viewing chairs and and throughout the course of the game, just using our thumbs, much like an emperor would, um, up and down to maybe like increase the aggressiveness of the swan, maybe up the up the um, thickness of the bubble uh, formula that we're using, uh, increase the vortex speed. You know, I love the idea that we have like a giant uh, uh, like lever. It's like two meters tall with a big ball on the end, and that's how we control the thickness of the bubbles. A bit like a kind of get your own back style situation. Yeah. Well, <laughs> and if the swans catch somebody, you know, if they if the swans there's a swan on each arm, rock them in place, and we have to give the thumbs up or thumb down about whether they go in the plug hole <laughs> like a Bond villain. We should be locked up. We really should. Yes, I think. Well, okay. Before we commit any more verbal war crimes, Dan, I think it's time that we go over to your choral piece of the week. And this will be my piece of the week. Drum roll, please. Now, we said that we wouldn't talk too much about the football. Is your choral piece of the week, it's coming home? It absolutely is. Badil Skinner, and the, <laughs> Badil, Badil Skinner and the Lightning Seeds, three lions, football's coming home. Uh, that is my choral piece of the week. It's not a choral piece. There must be a choral arrangement of it. I'm Surely. Sure, I'm sure there is. But what I, what I wanted to do, actually, I think this would be kind of like a fun thing, is um, I'm going, I want to encourage any, any of our readers who happen to be, be musicians... I would like you to send in 
some form of it doesn't have to be a video could just be the audio um, of you playing along to the three lions football's coming home kind of melody on whatever instrument that you might be proficient at or indeed the maybe, weirder the better yeah exactly honestly and then weird if, instruments please. if you if you if you play along to the recording what we could do is we could compile the the wikicast orchestra <laughs> of everybody playing it um, and I think it would just, I think it would be quite funny. We, and we don't bother to put out like a tempo track. We, it's just all, all tempos, all different keys, I mean, all we overlaid could, we could on top of one another. We, 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 we could do that. No, I think it's what we deserve. I don't think we deserve yeah. a consistent yeah. tempo and yeah. key. Fair enough. Um, so yes, uh, my choral piece of the week, uh, Three Lions by Bedeal Skinner and the Lightning Seeds. And this is a public service announcement to to those listeners of the of the Wikicast. Um, and and again, this podcast is coming out after the final, at which point football has probably not come home. <laughs> but but if it has, what a celebration this I will mean, be. Exactly. This is history in the making. <laughs> oh, this is going to be one of those shows, isn't it? Yeah, absolutely. Well, we find ourselves in this cavalcade of chaos in Critics' Corner. Um, and I had a couple of things to, to review, Dan, sure. uh, that are not football. We're, we're banning football discussion from this corner. Yes. <laughs> okay. Uh, first, the first thing I wanted to talk about was, I don't know if you can hear a difference in my audio. Um, maybe I can. So basically this past week, I um, went around and put up a whole load of acoustic panels in my office. Oh, wow. Uh, so I've got the uh, these things that are sort of like ridges. They look like giant ridged crisps that I've put up in a checkerboard kind of pattern. Crinkle cut. Yeah, cr- giant crinkle cut crisps. Crinkle cut. God, that's actually giant crinkle cut crisps uh, that I've put up in a in a in a pattern, and they basically cover one whole wall and a little bit off to the right of me. On my waveform, it looks very different. Interesting. Uh, I think listening back to recordings that I've made so far. Because I basically did it to try and improve the quality of videos, mm. uh, video audio. Um, it does seem to have made a difference. Yeah, I think now that you've said it, actually, I can't even even through this Discord call, I can hear a difference, like less echo. Mm. Um, but um, yeah, so so my review of that is it is it was surprisingly easy to to implement, and like I think it does make a big difference. But yeah. um, a little tip: if anybody wants to do this at home, if you are thinking of now, if you think I was about to do a greatest generation bit, and I realised that it just doesn't work because we're not American, <laughs> um, but if if you're thinking of putting up uh, some acoustic panels yourself, uh, then you're going to have some problems with command strips not sticking to the back of the foam, which is what they're made of. Oh. So what I did was PVA glue a whole load of t- uh, paper tabs, just like printer paper, um, and put them in the corners of the of the foam. When the PVA dried, then use command strips to attach the paper to the wall. And um, not a single one has fallen off. It's completely non-destructive to the wall. I was really hoping, as you said that, every single one <laughs> fell off on command. Yeah, <laughs> it's like the end of the Blues Brothers yeah. when the car just falls apart. Uh, but yeah, I, I've I've been um, that's worked really well for me. And I would recommend if anybody's thinking of upgrading their space, it was very easy to do. And I got like I don't even know how many tiles this was now. Actually, I think it was about sixty tiles, and I think that was like. 50 quid maybe on amazon you can get them cheaper elsewhere i know but these ones are fine yeah. and i didn't have the patience to make them myself hmm. so there we go that's my review of that um before i d- dive in with anything else do you have anything you'd like to review dan well i mentioned in the last epi- episode that i was the last episode episode yeah i don't know i don't quite know what's going on <laughs> here let's just i'm just trying to power random syllables this. are going <laughs> yeah. to go off <laughs> yeah i mentioned loki and that I wanted to watch it. Yes! I have since watched the first four episodes, and I can confirm it's very, very good. Yeah, I've, 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 I am one ahead of you then. I've watched episode five, which Ooh. is bonkers. I haven't seen it yet. But, I mean, I I've, I really didn't get into WandaVision at all. Really? Yeah. But uh, mm. but Loki, on the other hand, wowee. I'm, uh, I'm really enjoying it. I just, I, I, I adore the aesthetic of the... Um, the TVA, yeah, the, that's it. Yeah, um, it's uh, it's very fine. It's yeah, it, it has that combination of intriguing story. I think, um, yes. like the characters are. I mean, there's not a huge amount of character development. Let's be real. Owen Wilson is playing himself. Loki is just Loki, and yeah. another character <laughs> who Owen Wilson re- only Owen Wilson only ever plays himself. 
Yeah. In like I every just, film that he's in. I just I just want to ride a jet ski. Yeah. <laughs> like wow, yeah, wow. It, it, wow. He actually at one point in the show, I'm pretty sure he says, now. But it's <laughs> like, it must be a reference. Yeah. <laughs> like can, can, no way it's not. Um, but yeah, like the, the characters are, are, are fine. Good God, include that one, Fergus. No, I've muted my uh, audio again. So, oh, put an elephant right. call in then. Yeah. <laughs> that was that was a lot in my ears that just happened. I'm very sorry. <laughs> um, uh, yeah, the characters are, aren't necessarily that interesting or developed, but like the aesthetic is good. Uh, I think the music's pretty good as well, actually, and just generally the production is is really quite impressive. Yeah, I think. Did you notice that Tom Hiddleston is an executive producer on it? No, I didn't see that. That makes yeah. sense. Yeah, like this is a project that you can tell he's really into. Like he's having a whale of a time. Yeah, on the show. But uh, yeah, I, I, that was one of the things I wanted to talk about. Actually, was was Loki. I've I've really enjoyed having a a triple A show to watch because like I've been watching some Star Trek um, Deep, Deep Space Nine, but like it is a bit old and tired and it is quite nice to have something to watch mm. you know every week to look forward to so yeah. there's only one episode left now actually so i'm going to be a bit sad when it's over and then there is of course the new season of rick and morty which i haven't seen uh, uh, i'm not that fussed to be honest i like it very much and the first episode of the new season features um you're introduced to rick's nemesis oh okay and, and people are like who is this and rick's like oh he's yeah he's my nemesis my what he's my nemesis all right i know it's silly He's my nemesis, and it's this chap called Mr. Nimbus, and he's a he's basically he's a very camp, uh, theatrical sort of Aquaman figure. <laughs> he also he controls the police, as in he can he can kind of control their minds, and and oh uh, it's right, just, like for no apparent reason, you know, Rick Rick Rick's throwaway line will be, oh yeah, he controls the police. Okay, right, <laughs> fine. And he travels everywhere um, on a like a a sort of sleigh pulled by giant octopus, and oh, it's just really it's just really silly, but it's it's quite good. Okay, I did I did go off Rick and Morty a bit. I th- I just feel like I don't know. I think partly because it became such a meme. Yes, it became it. it it's so self-aware. Yeah, but and people, you have to have such a high IQ to understand Rick and Morty. You know, you've got to understand some some quantum theory and. Uh, Shut up! Yeah. <laughs> like it's 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 become such a um, to use a phrase that I absolutely detest. It has become quite a virtue signally kind of show. Like you watch it as a nerd to be a smart nerd, you yeah. know, like smart pop culture person. I just can't stand that. No. But I need to give it, you know, I need to let it stand on its own two feet and give it an, an honest chance. I think. Yeah, it's interesting. There's some there's some really interesting character development going on that they haven't really done before. Oh, okay. It's it's kind of it's a, it's quite a lot more kind of hard hitting and thematically i think more emotionally mature perhaps because like you know originally there was a lot of dark stuff in rick and morty there's the episode where rick um well they they, they kill their they go into an alternate reality because they, they screw over their own ones so much they go into an alternate reality uh find that they are dead bury their bodies and just take their places and carry on as if nothing's happened yeah and there's like look on down from the bridge playing in the background. It's like super dark. Yeah. Um. So I'd like if it's a return to that kind of thing. Um. Yeah. I'd 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 be up for that. Okay. The other thing that I wanted to mention was actually another thing which we mentioned in a previous episode was the death of Stalin. I actually went and watched it last week. Oh, nice. I mean, I went to my sofa to want to watch it. I went. I went to watch it. Oh uh, God, that was wishful thinking. I cannot wait to go to the cinema. Yeah, I know, I know. And feel safe about it, like because I know I can technically go now. But a, there's nothing really I want to watch, and b, mm. the cases are exploding in the UK. Just yeah. because the government says it's okay to go out doesn't mean I'm going to do it. Yeah, and I, and and it's this the influx of folk come the nineteenth is going to be terrifying. Yeah. Um. I. I Oh, this is what happens when you have the health secretary that worships Ayn Rand and whose priority isn't actually health, it's the economy. It's odd, isn't it? I hate this government. I really, really do. There are so few people in this world that I hate, but I I, I have a real hard time showing compassion towards senior Tories at this point. Yeah. Did you know that um, Sajid Javid is a University of Exeter alumnus? Oh, don't say that. Yeah, I know. Well, so is JK Rowling and, you know. Well, yes, and we've uh, we've we've been there and done that. But anyway, going back to happier things, the death of Stalin. Um, 
really enjoyed it. I, I, I honestly thought it was great. Um, yeah. It's a little bit. I was a little bit let down in a weird way when I went and researched the events after the film. I don't know if you do this when you watch like a historical um, bio, uh, biopic, and you'll like you learn. To, didn't you? Yeah, I did. You just had to. You knew exactly what you were doing. You even took a little pause to go. I'm really going <laughs> to needle him here. I'm just going to take a little sip of water. If you ever watch a biopic, oh. uh, and and you know you research the actual events, and you're like, oh, the film got a lot of this wrong. But I know that with Death of Stalin, that was deliberate. Hmm. Like they deliberately chose to sort of stylize it, but it captured, as Ainucci said, like it captured the feeling of what it was like yes. to be around then. Yes. Plus, it's really funny. Like, if people haven't seen The Death of Stalin, it's on Netflix. Yeah, uh, Jason, uh, you Jason recommended Isaac's it. performance is particularly fine. I'm smiling, but I'm really f***ing furious. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> He's so good. And, like, I mean, the whole, like, just the, the, there are so many bleakly funny moments in it. Like, when, when they're f- trying to follow Stalin's coffin in the back of the truck, and they all try and, all the cars leave at once to try and be seen as the first one behind. Yeah. And they're like, oh, I'll get out and put my, you know, my hat over my heart. And then I'll run back into the car and try and get yeah. like really, really funny, really good film. Um, I need to. I mean, to be honest, like Pixel Girl is away for another uh, week and a bit now uh, before mm. she moves in with me. I quite like to, if I have a chance to in the evenings, because now I'm not streaming in the evenings, uh, most evenings anyway. Um, actually, watch a few more films because I've fallen out of the habit, and I really like films. I'd, I'd like to watch them, you know. Absolutely. So, yeah, I'd, if anyone has any recommendations of stuff that you think I might like, do send us in uh, some emails to spongyelectricatgmail.com uh, because I would genuinely like to get some recommendations from the readership and I'm sure that you'll have some very good ideas. Absolutely. And the last thing I will mention as far as Critics Corner goes is uh, I rewatched Schindler's List yesterday. Oh, boy, how are you feeling? Just to, I'm just, you know, just to keep the tone light. Yesterday was a real roller coaster for you emotionally, wasn't it? Was a, it? it was a big day. It was a big day. Yeah, wow, what a film. St- a Spielberg student film, technically, mm. which is just such a baller move. I actually, uh, I sent a message to Barney, our esteemed guest that we had a few episodes ago, asking whether he, whether he'd considered doing a, oh, yeah, that a video essay it. on the music of, of uh, Schindler's List, because it is so powerful. Yeah, because uh, just to, to contextualise that, uh, Barney is just about to hit 100,000 subscribers, like, super quickly. Yeah. Um, and so he was asking for ideas what he could do. Uh, and there was the duality of man in that you were like, could you talk about Schindler's List? Because I just watched it and the music's really powerful. And I was like, what is your favourite score and why is it Chicken Run? Yeah, yeah. Like... <laughs> I want to see both those videos, I'll be honest with you. <laughs> yeah. It's just, and I also think, you know, John Williams' scores are, you know, always met with critical acclaim, but Schindler's list often doesn't make it high up in the list, ironically. I think his 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 kind of more well-known sort of more either very, very orchestral, big kind of more kind of operatic things or stuff that is kind of reminiscent of of kind of like the Copeland-esque American sound. You mm. know? Yeah, Copeland is a huge influence on his sound for sure. Yes, yeah. Oh, it, well, you know, Copeland sort of gave America its musical identity. Um, but uh, yeah, I, I just, I was listening to it and there's just moments of such staggering, staggering power behind what that score can do. And then the performances in it are just remarkable. Yeah. I mean, it's interesting because so much of his of Williams's music is um, well, he has a, a wide range of of inspiration. You know, uh, if you listen to Star Wars, it's basically the Rite of Spring, um, and uh, you know, Copeland, as we've already said. But another one is Corngold, um, who wrote the really bombastic stuff for like the Errol Flynn Robin Hood, and you know, you can hear that in his music as well. Mm. I don't know where the really introspective sound because it, it's so deeply tragic and it is yes. so yeah introspective i think it's probably the right word um it's, it's score for schindler's list I, i'd be interested to know where his what his influences were for that if he's spoken about it anywhere yeah i think there's something one of the one of the pieces that's sung by a um a children's choir is based on a folk song that spielberg's mother or grandmother used to sing of course, because he's of Jewish heritage, isn't he? Yeah. yeah. Something like that. But I, I mean, I think if you did some digging, you'd find some really, really interesting stuff. Yeah. Well, but that involves research, Dan. It does. We, it does. We don't do that here on the Wikicast. Absolutely the not. podcast about Wikipedia articles. <laughs> <laughs>
we find ourselves in Patreon Corner. That's right, it's your chance to support us at patreon.com forward slash the wikicast. I thought I'd come out of the gate with like a real salesman kind of attitude for yeah, some I like reason. It. I don't know I like why. The energy. I think it's because I just watched Jazza uh, on YouTube, who's this ah. great Aussie artist who's like really good at that kind of like, ah, and now it's your time to buy one of these pieces of art uh, kind of kind of thing but anyway yeah patreon.com forward slash the wikicast is the reason that we can do this show it's what pays our wonderful editor fergus it what pays for our hosting and in the very near future it's going to be paying for some filming potentially i really hope we do it now uh, us playing a round of golf and uh, and filming it because i feel like that would be one of the funniest things we could possibly do absolutely and one of the things actually in, in, in speaking of where all the good these that these uh, donations and support goes there is something that uh, that we need to ask those of you who support us on patreon yeah um, as we are as we are rapidly approaching the frankly terrifying landmark of our 100th episode you know what dan leave, just just leave that qualifier as teaser we will put a post out Yes. on the Patreon. Yeah. So if you want to know what that is in relation to, you'd have to join the Patreon and become a supporter. Uh, but we'd like your input on a certain something. Yes. <laughs> what, a t- what a teaser. Uh, what a tease. If you do support us on the Patreon, you can choose to be a uh, team cat or team dog for a dollar a month, which is, what, the price of a, a soft beverage. Uh, or you can be a top cat or a top dog uh, by supporting at $5 a month, and you get to pick a side of which is the superior household pet. I would, at this point, bring in Jasmine as a prop, but she is asleep on my bed. So um, I would like to thank all the people who have decided to support at the top cat level, and there are so many of you, goodness gracious me. Uh, thank you very much to Jerry Moore, Nathan Flaherty, Ultra Pig, one two three one two three one two three please tell me you know what i'm specifically referring to there i'm not but that was actually one of the most terrifying things i've ever heard it's the um reconstruction of a neanderthal's um voice box they get this voice actor to like gradually add features to it so he starts (laughs) out being one two three and then by the end of it he's like one two three um (laughs) But then somebody pairs that with with Chandelier by Sia. <laughs> it's one of the funniest things. Fergus, please put a clip in here. That is so, so scary. I don't know whether it's me in my slightly fragile state this morning, but I... <laughs> I kind of sort of jumped in my chair when you started that out of nowhere. One one day, Dan, I'm going to kick your door in <laughs> and just be like, one, two, three, <laughs> yeah! Gosh. Oh, I wasn't ready for that. My poor heart. Anyway, thanks to Ultra Piggy, one, two, three, for giving us so much, so for giving us $5 a month. <laughs> Uh, thank you to Violet Hatch, Abu El Ella, the physics boy, Simon P, Jack Easton. You're right there, mate. Izzy yeah, Christie. Man, I'm scared. Nafi Iftikar, Christopher Betterton, Dame Valerie the Third, Layla Medina, Oliver Craigie, Will Janice Humphreys, Rents Kirk, Oliver Burkhart, Omar Miranda, Cole Mansfield, Princess Andromeda, Chucker Cat, Bendon, Isabel Ostrowski, Matt McGuire, and Daniel Hanvey. And I would like to say an enormous yeah! thank you. <laughs> <Come on. laughs> I'd like to say an enormous thank you to our top dogs, and I can see that we've got a new top dog here, and it's the lovely Sam Harvey, who wrote us that brilliant uh, law email last episode. So thank you so much, Sam, for joining these esteemed uh, esteemed ranks of top dogs. So thank you to Sam Harvey, Elsbeth, uh, Ben Caples, Josh Chiaga, uh, Henry VII, King of England and of France, Lord of Ireland, Aaron Carey Augustin, Adrian Chan, Naf Laroque, Hasse Hansen, Aaron Jorgensen, Lexi at Front Desk, Eve Sharples, Alistair Fortune, Peter Reed, Maggie, Colin J. Brown, Codzo, Ben McMurtry, Jay Wright, and Eric Bolliger. Thank you so much. Thank you, guys. Uh, no, we could just cut. Sorry, that was I was I was trying to find the seer clip and I felt like I had to fill dead air. But just just <laughs> cut that, Fergus. Uh, <laughs> thank you, guys. <laughs> yeah, uh, thank you. Oh. <laughs> Thank you. Go- Actually, no. F- you. That's it. That was like an Aaron Hansen kind of. Uh, 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 oh. <laughs> Top lad. So we have found ourselves in correspondence corner, and um, we are—we've got one email to read out today. Uh, partly that's because we've been recording for a little while, and partly because we've slightly bunched up when we're recording these. Um, so do send us your emails uh, and your thoughts on the show at spongyelectricgmail.com. For now, we're going to close out the show with a lovely email here from Nina. Uh, Nina writes: Subject: 
unusual sport, Nina archery. Now, I imagine that that means that she that they are called Nina and they do archery, or perhaps there is something called Nina archery. Yeah. I don't know. Uh, anyway, dear Dr. Clark and Mr. Moore, as a long-time reader and first-time writer, I thought I'd drop an email about my unusual sport, archery. Now, while I know there are many more sports that are more unusual than archery, I've been shooting Olympic recurve for four and a half years wow. and was immediately wow, and was wow. immediately drawn to the sport during Freshers' Fair at the University of Leicester. I saw a bow standing upright on a table and thought, Yep, I'm going to do this. Out of the sports societies I signed up to in my first year, I stuck with archery because it gave me the least embarrassing experience during the taster sessions. Uh, in dodgeball, I received a ball to the face while shimmying against a ball behind people as I was coming in back from the loo. Wow. The impact of the ball knocked the back of my head into the wall. In badminton, I thought the president that was standing next to our court and analysing my game with another student was a new student wanting to join in. <laughs> nice. In Ultimate Frisbee, I accidentally threw the Frisbee straight into the team captain's face, causing her nose to bleed heavily. That's fantastic. Wow! Nina, you're a walking disaster. <laughs> Luckily, the athletics club... Sorry, <clears throat> start that again. Luckily, the archery club wasn't full of super athletic people very, and party That was very nearly a one, two, three you did inadvertently there. <laughs> What's it? Yeah, the, the phrase that you did with luckily got quite kind of... Lucky! <laughs> exactly. Luckily, the archery club wasn't full of super athletic people and partygoers, and to my surprise, was mostly consisted of chill nerds and video game lovers, which was perfect. Most of the members who, when I joined, were also geologists. Oh, cool. That's an interesting correlation. Uh, I bought my own bow in 2017 and loved representing our underdog club at the British Universities and Colleges Sport buckers uh competitions with my team i also raised money for the charity mind by shooting a thousand hours and a thousand arrows in 16 arrow god wow <laughs> a thousand arrows in 16 hours well done i can't even say the damn thing very <laughs> impressive uh with a few breaks during a dawn till dusk event at our nearby archery field pulling a cumulative weight of 12 tons wow 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 that's a pretty enthusiastic owen wilson yeah um uh, in my third year, my degree performance started to take a toll because I practiced archery almost every day, but it was worth it because I reached the Bucks Nationals and got to shoot next to Bryony Pittman, whose shooting is out of this world and is going to the Tokyo Games. Wow. That is really impressive. That is cool. Uh, I, was, I was able to achieve my goal of a 2-1 in my fourth and final year at the cost of my training, but I found a lovely new archery club in the hometown after I graduated, which was nice. Um, and to celebrate getting onto the competitive science... Sorry, what? To celebrate getting onto the competitive scientist training program... Oh, the STP. So, wow, okay. So if you, you, there's funding available if you're a scientist doing competitive sports. That's really interesting. Uh, and somehow ranking first for the respiratory and sleep scientist specialism this year, I bought some new arrows. How much, Are you reading this email with me? Yes, I am. So you will know that 12 arrows cost Nina £330. Crazy. Good grief. I mean, I know they're very specialist things to make, and they always have been, but bloody hell. Um, to match my higher poundage limbs, I assume that means that Nina's put on weight in her arms, uh, and look forward to shooting them. During the programme, I'll be studying for a part-time master's that will be delivered by Manchester Met University, while simultaneously working as a clinical scientist in Stoke-on-Trent. There's also an archery club near to where I'm staying, which totally isn't a factor as to why I chose to do this programme in the North Midlands. <laughs> anyway, this is all to say, um, uh, Nina streams on Twitch. Um, plays games with archery in them and talks about archery. Um, they are on Twitch as Nina Knox. Wonderful Ooh, name. Yeah. Uh, I will link that in the description. That sounds. That's. A, I love it when you discover a niche on a website like Twitch or YouTube that you're just like, oh, never seen that before. Um, I, I actually found one recently called, uh, 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 which I'll also link in the description, um, to a YouTube channel called Animation. Um, which is all about different aspects of animation and like picking out interesting directors and interesting techniques. Um, as an animation nerd, fascinating. Mm. So yeah, I'll link both of those. So Nina Knox on Twitch. Um, and <laughs> while archery isn't really a spectator sport, I love it so much and look forward to watching the Tokyo Games. I'm not really sure how to end this email, so here are some archery facts that I think are pretty neat. Um, <clears throat> on modern targets, the innermost circle has an X that, with a little imagination, looks like a spider. Therefore, an arrow that hits the X in the dead centre of a target is called a spider. Cool. If you shoot an arrow right into the back end of another arrow, it's called a Robin Hood. I assume that's been referenced to Prince of Thieves. Mm. Um, while it looks cool and is very difficult to achieve, it's actually frustrating as you end up having to buy two new arrows. <laughs> yeah, which, we, as we established, aren't, aren't, uh, aren't cheap. 
Yes. Uh, flaming arrows were not used in medieval times due to their low effectiveness. I believe Lindy Beige did a video on this. Um, the main problem with them was that the speed of the arrow would extinguish the flame. Hmm. Uh, while they were sometimes used to set fire to villages, they wouldn't be used in the battlefield. And lastly, on Facebook, archery equipment is often flagged as dangerous weaponry, so any posts that contain archery buzzwords are taken down automatically. To get around this issue, users wanting to sell equipment give items silly names along with the photographs. The names I've seen so far are great, including... Pointy sticks for arrows, stick flingers for complete bows, and my personal favourite, hobbit skis for bow limbs. <laughs> hobbit skis. That's, That's great. Really Amazing. Uh, uh, best wishes, Nina. 2007, 106 hours. Sorry, 207,106 hours old. <laughs> 207, 106. 106. <laughs> Maths. Um, <laughs> Thank you, Nina. Oh, and there's a postscript here. If I have enough time during uh, the STP, I'd love to make another Wikicast animation and make a compilation of the best bits to celebrate the next Wikicast anniversary of the 100th, ep 100th episode. If any readers out there have any favourite Wikicast moments, let me know in Simon's Discord in the Wikicast channel. Great that, idea. That would be amazing. If, you're, if you've made it this far through the podcast and you have some favourite moments... They don't have to come from this episode. This is when the whole best of is just this episode, isn't it? Yeah. Um, but yeah, put them on our, on our Discord. We have a Wikicast channel. Um, leave, like, especially if you can leave, like, an episode and a timestamp to where they happen. Because I edited previously, like, a best of for the first year, I think, of the Wikicast. And we've got so many more to choose from now. Mm. Um, so, yeah, let us know. Um, I'll put them on the, on the Wikicast uh, channel on the Discord. But thank you so much for that email, Nina. I love learning about niche subjects like this. Absolutely. Hobbit, Hobbit skis has made my day. Hobbit skis. Classic. So, Simon, what have we learned today? Today, Dan, we learned about the Hamilton Island Golf Club, which is actually, despite its name, on Dent Island. Amazing. Um, and it's got a par 72 golf course, and that's pretty much it. It looks very nice. We had a fantastic <laughs> choral piece of the week. Um, yes, we didn't talk too much about football at all, which I think we are very measured. But very we did talk measured. a lot about the new greatest sport ever invented. Oh, oh yes, plug hole panic. Yeah, plug hole panic, <laughs> which needs to be a thing. We are going to put our Wikicast readership into <laughs> Mortal Combat. I will be reaching out to the Memorial Home for Injured Swans just to try and get a partnership set up. So I'll let you know how that goes. And that's all for this episode. Don't forget to subscribe to us on your podcasting service of choice. You can join the Discord, and if you'd like to see our faces, check out our YouTube channel, Spongy and Electric. Film recommendations, Wikicast favourite moments, and other thoughts on the show can be sent to us at spongyelectric at gmail.com. We would honestly love to hear from you. Join us again for another tumble down the wiki rabbit hole. And we'll see you next time. Slip, slop, slap. Yeah!